feeling I'm falling, falling for nobody else but you. You caught my eye, and I've got a feeling I'm falling. Show me the ring, and I'll jump right through. Quite a lot happened in the last session. You um, did a bit of digging around in Guildford to um, try and uh, find some clues as to where this cavorting may have been happening, as we are now calling it, the hillside cavorting. Uh, after being asked by Harry Scutt of the uh, of the Scoop to go and investigate, you're on a five pounds a day, I believe, was your was your stipend. You saw some suspicious characters driving an eight litre Bentley through Guildford, looking around, maybe looking for something or someone. Couldn't ascertain what, but you followed them along the country roads uh, in a rather uh, sort of a wild ride with Risby Ickwell at the wheel. Ended up in the village of Wood Common where you spied a tower on top of Leith Hill, which you investigated, found nothing suspicious except for a huge patch of burnt grass and rumours of human sacrifice, which are, of course, denied vigorously by the girl who shows people up the tower. Hold on, you're forgetting the extensive uh, potential for extensive Roman remains. Uh, yes, yes, oh, of course. Which needs Roman further Northport, investigation. Which, of course, will definitely need further investigation. But but maybe uh, may, maybe Badger's <laughs> the only one that really uh, is interested in that. Um, oh, well. And then and then you headed down to the Peacock, the village pub, the 17th century tavern, where Doris and the deaf Mr. Peters were serving. Uh, they were not exactly the most friendly of types. But you were you were then joined by a rather interesting group, the Sublime Society of Beefsteaks led by um, Butterworth and his three pals who were uh, telling you a little bit about their activities. Unfortunately, due to uh, the shortness of time, you, of course, would not be able to join them for their society meeting on Saturday just because it's a bit, you know, too short notice. And the other thing, of course, was you did see the eight-litre Bentley parked up by the mill Indeed. somewhere to the south of the oh, village. Yes. So that is where we rejoin you, in the pub. Was it yeah. Iqwell that was actually speaking to them fellows, or was yes. it Dr Watson? It was Iqwell. Iqwell. No. Oh, no, Dr Do- Dr Watson was uh, uh, nursing <laughs> a pint and trying to get over his strenuous uh, exertions of getting up to the top of that tower and back down again. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we had a bit of a rough time of it, didn't we? did indeed. Oh, and, yes. um, you, know, you know, we could we could call it an early instance of the tactical chunder. Because <laughs> <So. laughs> <laughs> now he's cleared the way for a few more vines. He was just trying to build a rainbow bridge to Asgard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right, so um, they seem friendly enough, but um, you could make a psychology role, actually. Well, you know, I don't, I don't tend to think in those ways, but uh, here we go. Anyway. <laughs> but they're clearly being uh, genuine enough. Um, you know, clearly, something they probably need to get you a, you know, uh, get jackets made up with the buttons, special buttons on, if you're going to join. So probably that's why they can't. I think what I'd be more inclined to do is to see if I'd be able to pocket, <laughs> like a wallet, perhaps with a membership. <laughs> I think it's like this. I'm going to stand up because, you know, they're not inviting us to the to the do tomorrow or whenever it is. Yeah. So, but as I stand up, I'm going to just stumble over and fall flat <laughs> on Butterworth, and, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to steal I'm going to I'm going to steal his wallet and rip off one of his buttons. <laughs> Oh, amazing, amazing. All right, well, um, I would say this is probably a a slate of hand roll. 
rolled a nine against 65. Wow. So I think it's all safe. <laughs> that's a, that's a wow. stream, I think, isn't it? Can I, can I, can I just slightly injure his, uh, his liver or kidneys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Uh, what, what, with an Slightly. elbow, a knee? Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm terribly sorry, Doctor. <laughs> uh, you know, we've only been friends five minutes, and I've already sent you to uh, to the clinic. <laughs> How do you actually stumble into? It? I mean, he's sort of sitting next to you. you. You're standing up. How does it? How does it? Well, I stand up, and then immediately fall on top of him, which just floors the whole enterprise. And and as I'm crambling around, digging my elbow into his <laughs> into his his, his uh, you know his vital organs, so yes. I'm just I'm, I'm I'm grabbing hold of one of the buttons, and I've got my then I've got yeah. my hand in it, and it, and then I'm I'm not running away or anything, you know. So I'm just I'm going to be really helpful after that. Yeah, so you're just trying to get get per- to, to push yourself <laughs> up off him. You fall onto his onto his ample belly. Uh, maybe elbow down to really give him a good dig in the kidneys as you as you go down. You know, hopefully distracting him from uh, your act of uh, theft. And yeah, you've managed to get a button off, uh, maybe the lower button off his jacket. Um, in, in the in the in the rough and tumble, you you, you kind of give it a yank, comes off, and uh, you, you slipped his wallet into your inside pocket. You really go in hard on him. The weird thing is, he just sort of. Um, Maybe it's just he's so fat and so well upholstered that it do- he doesn't seem to even notice it. He just he just kind of maybe moves backwards to get out of the way. And you, you're sure you got him really well in the kidneys with, with the point of your elbow. And he hardly seems to, to notice it. And he says, well, are, you, are you okay there, old man? What's, you, you had a few too many? Sorry, I think it, I think it must have been. I think there must be... It, you know, it's, a, it's such such good drinking. What was I? What was I drinking? Was I Perno. a Perno or something <laughs> like that? You know, I don't. It's not. You know, it's a bit. It's a bit continental, really, for me. Uh, so I think that must have just. You know, put me put me at odds for a moment. Now I'm terribly sorry, gents. Terribly sorry, Butterworth. He says, but, let, "Let me help you up," and he puts this really meaty hand on your on your shoulder, and he helps you up. And, and you feel a, uh, a lot of strength in that grip. He gives you a squeeze as, as he lifts you up. And he says, be careful there, old chap. You don't want to be, you know, doing that too often round here. And he kind of gives you a little bit of a glare as he oh. helps you up. Well, you know, I, I, tr- I try to limit my accidents, you know, <laughs> once a year, really, something like that. There's a good chap, eh? Why don't you run along now, eh? That's enough. Excitement for one one afternoon, I think. I'm a, I'm reluctant to run anywhere. I'm just going to walk nice, steady. Thanks. It's... Let me know. Let me know about meeting up next month, in case we're around for the uh, the big fry up. Oh, we will. We will. Never you worry. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I think everyone else can make a bit of a psychology roll if you wish, observing this little uh, interchange. Well, you, you got pretty close. Uh, does they want to either spend some luck or, or push the roll, possibly? So I'll, I'll spend the luck. Yeah, you um, watching this play out, maybe going over to, to sort of help to Hector up, you clearly sense a air of menace about these four. 
um, as a result of uh, Sir Hector's indiscretions. Come on, Hector. Have you done schmoozing? Could we just take some normal spirits with us when we leave? Could we just get a <laughs> bottle of brandy, please? Could we just get a bottle of brandy and then think it's all going to be fine? <laughs> yes, of course you can. You do know it costs an arm and a leg to buy a bottle of spirits from a pub. I'm really wealthy, so I'm not You are, with yeah, ex- exactly. You're not scratching about, really. <laughs> How could we forget? So, um... We'll have four then, please. We'll have four <laughs> bottles of brandy. I'm going to give them a nice tip, OK? Ooh. Doris says... I've only got two. That's fine, Doris, thank you. What if someone comes in there wanting some brandy? What am I going to do then? You can give them the money that I've given you. (laughs) (laughs) That's not exactly how it works, sir. I'm buying the brandy. I don't know. These out-of-towners coming in here, telling us how to run our business. (laughs) She looks at her husband. Just buying your brandy. That's all I'm doing. I'm just buying your brandy. Okay. And she she uh, she bends down behind the bar, pulls out two bottles of Napoleon, <laughs> two Na- bottles of Napoleon, Napoleon. and yeah. um, and uh, and she says, "There you go. That'll be three three pounds." So I'll give her five. But she still don't smile, does she? No, she still doesn't smile. <laughs> Seems like your business is done at the pub, unless you want to cause any more havoc. <laughs> what about the car we saw? getting a bit distracted here the other thing that's on uh old badge is wondering about this beefsteak club apparently there's a a long tradition of it and it it's got some connections with london is is, is that right am i rec- recalling that correctly yeah yeah they, they were saying that they uh that it was founded in in the 1600s in london and it's quite a a long has a long-standing tradition I mean, as soon as we get out of earshot of these fellas, I'd like to take that up with my colleagues. Just mm. uh, work Go out if, any, if anybody has heard of it. I, I don't know if I've heard of it personally. I'll badger in his travels. Why don't you all make an education role then? You all seem to have passed. So um, I would say that Badger and, and um, Milton and Dr. Emery um, you're all aware of the beefsteaks, but Sir Hector, given your appetites... <laughs> Aristocratic. Aristocratic appetites. Given your interests and your appetites, you may... You, you, you know all about them. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this information. You can, you can dis- disseminate how you wish. So, yes, the Beefsteaks Club was founded in the basement of a pub somewhere in London in the 1650s or something. It was a club dedicated to indulging one's uh, hungers in the most extravagant way. It was a men's-only dining club. What they would do is they would all go down to the basement of this particular pub. They would just be brought out these enormous steaks. They wouldn't eat anything else, just meat. They would probably eat several pounds, maybe five or six pounds of beef, um, cooked however they wished. They would eat it directly off the, the barrels. It would be just laid out on the barrels. They would tuck into it and... Um, and they, and they would drink um, they would drink claret with it, and um, of course you can imagine the um, the the outcomes. If 
50, 60 years later, the sublime order of beefsteaks were bemoaning the fact that the newer members were were really not up to the standard of, of the original founders and could hardly even finish off three or four bottles of claret themselves, which they found very disappointing. And there was even word that they would be letting ladies join the club at some point in the future. So, of course, you know, things were going rapidly downhill. And since then, several other branches of it were founded in London. And it seems like it's uh, spread to the home counties as well. Well, now, now Badger, seeing as you ask about the uh, Sublime Society of the Beefsteaks, I can tell you that he carried talking about the barrels and butchers uh, who, who source all of the best meat and yeah their their connections with the wine merchants of london and so on and of course and of course we don't know which which corrupted end of the entire enterprise we're we're talking about here really whether it's the uh exclusively male corrupted version or the corrupted by women corrupted version you see <laughs> well as as fascinating as all this is and believe me anything that involves large quantities of clarity is quite fascinating to me but do you think that these beef stakers are responsible for the cavorting if not are we getting sidetracked here surely it's a salacious opportunity uh, to just generate more columns. <laughs> ah, yes, yes, yes. Um, yes, I see. Subterfuge. You, you you want to besmirch the good name of these beefsteakers by suggesting they are the kind of people who cavort naked. I am, um, yes, yes. Well, I don't think they have a particularly good name. They have a particularly secretive name. It's not terribly good. Uh, but I think to connect them with cavorting on the side of hills is probably all for the all for the good of our pocket and the uh, the sales of the scoop. Do you think that the readers are really going to be? Well, I mean, we could we could start off with with some recipes <laughs> <laughs> to get them going. You know, salivating a bit. But also, if if there are going to be salacious photographs, there's no reason why the photographs have to be of the people we're writing about. I'm I'm I'm, I'm sure that Mr. Scott is not beyond publishing completely unrelated photographs and pretending they're connected. Well, indeed. Um, and and with this knowledge that you have of the beefsteakers, do you know whether there are any members, any current members, who are particularly well known or? public figures because that is the kind of thing that it strikes me that um we could potentially even ask for a bonus for if we could drag the good name of, of some public figure through the mud basically anyone who's arist aristocracy or has uh any behind them um and isn't a vegetarian is a member <laughs> of the Society of the Beefsteaks. However, however, there are some very tricky ones, very tricky customers that say that they're vegetarians. So the most vocal vegetarians actually are closet steak guzzlers. <laughs> so you're suggesting that the Dalai Lama is a member? Well, I've actually heard that he shoots pigeons that annoy him near his <laughs> 
<laughs> now you do recall that um, that part you know a big part of um, Scott's work is spreading salacious rumors about you know minor nobility so this could well go down well you know yeah i mean he never said we had to get cavorting naked ladies he said just there's funny stuff going on down there and can we go and get some story this story would be perfectly uh fit into the brief i would have said salacious yeah i think i think the cavorting was implied they want to imagine themselves when they sit down at their meal, with their steak and their wine, that that they're that they're partaking in that exclusive world. You see, that's what that's what the readers want, isn't it? Yes. Alternatively, I mean, even if they are not given to cavorting themselves, as I said, considering the expenses we're on, we could potentially hire the services of a model or two to wear something gauzy and oh. cavort on the hillside, oh. and we, we we could have our photographer friend here take their picture and and pretend it is all part of the same thing. <laughs> that's, that's very good. Well, I tell you what, I've, I've got a little idea because our photographer's still in the boot of the car, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> did, did anyone remember to cut air holes in there? <laughs> so what I'd like to do, I'd like to go over to my car. And I'd like to just quietly put the wallet and the button in the glove compartment. I want to give Badger the keys and I want to open the boot uh, so that Barry, so that Barry the photographer can sit up, so that he can sit up. I'll say, Barry, just don't get out of the boot. Listen, you're a photographer, get your camera ready, Sonny, okay? And I say to Badger, just slowly, slowly drive the drive the car round the village green and then <laughs> what i want to do i'm going to walk over to that big old doll thing that's stuck in the green i'm just going to oh, pull yeah. it out and i'm going to take <laughs> it towards the car and we're going to drive off with it sticking out the window <laughs> <laughs> so so the first thing that happens is barry sits up bolt upright and goes fucking hell how long, how long were you planning to leave me in there I'm just going to slap him a little bit on the face. <laughs> he says, oh, I never signed up for this. I don't think you signed up for anything, did you, Barry? <laughs> oh, that's true. I met your type before, Barry, and what I want you to do is take photographs, okay? All right, I'll take photographs, but I'm not going in that boot again. You've got another thing coming if you think I'm getting back in there. You can sit up in the boot. You can sit up in the boot. It's all right. It's okay. We're not going to close the boot right now. Oh, bloody hell. Anyway, it could be worse, out. Barry. He could be in the car with us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's probably, he's probably the safest listen, place. Listen to Milton when he gives you a word of advice. Oh, he, he, he grabs his camera and and stands stands in the in, on the green in the village green and and says, so what, what do you want me to tell you? Take there's nothing here. It's boring old village. What I what I want is for is for Barry to stay in the boot of the car, if and sitting upright in the boot of the car. And if anybody uh, reacts and rushes out of the pub, uh, uh, with chasing after us with this doll, um, then we get the we, then we get the scoop of pictures, right? 
Okay. Of right, enraged well, villagers. Is that the plan? You want photographs <laughs> of enraged villagers? And you want me to be the target of, of their rage? Oh, no, I'm the target of the rage. You're just the driver. Is that okay? Or do you want to swap? No, no, no. I'd prefer you're not behind the wheel, like I said. The badger, you, you get behind the wheel of the car. You're basically just going to start vandalising the front garden of the pub, basically. Tell you what, we can put this to a vote. Either I pull it up and we take it with us, or I pour one of the bottles of brandy over it and set a light to it. It's the choice is yours. <laughs> and, and that's the choice, is it? That's the choice. Uh, okay. Um, but, uh, if we just take it, we could always put it back when we're done with it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. All right, well, um, Hector, you can give me a strength roll if you're the one that's trying to pull this out of the ground. (laughs) Okay. I I rolled 23 against 90, so uh, that was... (laughs) You you rip it up out of the turf. And I just walk over to the car um, and and get in, and it's sticking out one of the windows. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, what, you want to drive round the village green? There's a little side road going round the village green. Um, circle round a few times. Yeah, probably. Should I hoot the horn a bit just to get people's attention in case they haven't noticed? <laughs> Are we that would, not? That would be crass. <laughs> that would be crass. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, you... Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so Barry's sitting upright in the back with his camera. You're driving around <laughs> with the Aunt Sally, like... Just sitting next to you, like it, like it's your, you know, um, your companion, maybe. It's sticking out the window. It's sticking oh, with the out head the window. sticking out the window. Yeah, because there's not that much room in the car. That's why Barry's oh, in the boot. All right. Does... Oh, and you, and and you're all you're all in the car at this point, or have some of you sort of decided to uh, dissociate yourself? I, yes. Um, I kind of I've walked away. Milton as away okay. what about you emery yeah, i guess i'm sitting in the car <laughs> <laughs> right so milton where, where are you gonna what are you gonna do i really don't know what i'm gonna be we're, we're gonna have to drive I've... around a second time and go, milton get in the get in the car <sighs> yeah is this really necessary surely the story's down <laughs> at the mill isn't it I, that's where we're going I, now. I think you gentlemen will find that the story is wherever we are at this rate. <laughs> Do, it, okay. Well, it's a, go, it's a gonzo pit, is it? Right. I'm in the car. I'll, right. I'll get in the car then. Are you going to hoot the horn as well? Or are you just going to start driving around? If it's counting? a quiet village, if I don't hoot the horn, nobody's going to perhaps know that we've nicked the Aunt Sally, so they're not going to come rushing out, you know. <laughs> I don't think he's thought this through. Truer words have never been said, Badger. <laughs> <laughs> we want some outraged villagers, so we've, we've, got to know, we've got to let them know that they need to be outraged. So hooting the horn will draw their attention to the fact that the Aunt Sally is in the motor. I see what he's doing. We get the photographs of the people dashing across, and then later on, you say that they were dashing over to, you know, put a stop to this cavorting. This is, you know... (laughs) We we could say that there was some sort of civil unrest, which would be accurate. Uh, Anarchy. Yeah. Ideally, you Mm. you want them with pitchforks, don't you, really? 
Well, yeah. Well. Perhaps, maybe that's asking too much. You start driving around, and um, the noise of the engine firing up, um, maybe there's a few twitching net curtains as people are looking out. Um, oh, yeah, I'll dip the clutch and give it some revs as well. Mm. I, I engine going to hear that. And um, maybe on the second go-round, Doris, uh, the, the, the pub landlady, comes running out, and she screams, Put that back, you lunatics! I said, get out, get, get her screaming. want to get her screaming. <laughs> she's lifting up her skirts quite high. <laughs> no, she's not lifting up her skirts. <laughs> she's, but she's, she's, trying to, she's running across the green, um, um, shaking her fist at you. Oh, and then perfect. she sort of... Yeah. <laughs> is, is, is Barry getting all this? Barry is getting it. Um, and, um, and then kind of ambling out the pub comes her husband... Um, Mr. Peters, and he's just sort of he he walks over to the fence and he just stands there, and he's just staring sort of blankly at the scene of his wife <laughs> screaming, um, running after you across the village green, and she says, "If you damage that, you'll have to pay for it. I'm going to call the police." Oh, the police! <laughs> she screams at the top of her voice. At which point. Um, maybe a couple of people do come out of the, their their uh, their houses around the green, um, and they're pointing. Maybe it's a couple of kids are like come and hop up and sit on the stone wall, watching watching this uh, excitement, uh, which I suppose is probably the most exciting thing that's happened yeah. in this village, you know, all, all summer. And um, and uh, you are being chased around the village green by Doris Peters. <laughs> um, what, what's what's the end game here, by the way? Can we drive to the mill now? Can we drive to the mill? If we got our photos, I reckon we should put your Aunt Sally back. Do you want to encounter what's her name? I'm not worried about her. She's, she's getting up my nose in that pub anyway. I, I've never known such a miserable old landlady. Right then. Okay, stop stop the car badger. Stop the car badger. Yeah, but- I'll go, yep. and, I'll go and I'll go and walk up to her and just stick it in the ground wherever she is. <laughs> in the village green. Well, I mean, ramming ramming a wooden pole into into the ground will require another strength roll, and it'll have okay, to be it'll have to be a hard success to get it. Okay. Just roll twenty seven for ninety. So. Yeah, oh, that's a hard, that's a hard success. So yeah, you you ram it in. It's probably at a bit of an angle. And she looks at you and says, "You're the most despicable man I've ever come across in all my time. You're the mis- most miserable old cow I've ever seen working a pub." She says, oh, I, "I'm outraged. How dare you?" She says, "I'm going to have the I'm going to have the authorities on you." Who do you think you are? Do you know who I am? I'm outraged. And walk off back to the car. Right. The rest of you see that at this point, the four beefsteaks have waddled out of the pub, um, <laughs> and they stand there like like four beach balls lined up. <laughs> and um, Butterworth, you see him sort of leaning in to the other three and having a quiet word, and then they look back over at you. <laughs> oh, I don't like look at those fellas. 
<laughs> right. Well, should I should I should I shoot one? Yeah, that, that would be bad. <laughs> oh, what? Probably best not to. Okay. I'll just get back in the car. Okay. <laughs> right. So. They, seem, they seem so rubbery. I just there's just something strange about them. Mm. Well, there's definitely something strange about them. Um, you're heading towards the mill, yeah. By the sound of it. Yes. I'm sure we'll find something worth, worth shooting down that way, Heck. Thanks, Milton. That's that's a that's a real vote of confidence. Thank you. So you head down towards uh, the old mill. Um, so you drive down the, uh, the the Dorking Guildford Road a bit, and there's a turning off to the mill. It's in the middle of this big plantation of, uh, I guess, orchards and what have you. It's, it's surrounded by woods. It looks actually like a more like a timber mill than a flour mill. There's uh, a barbed wire fence between the woods and the mill ground, so that's on the. You can see that as you pass by on the north and south sides. And there's several notices as you approach saying, warning that trespassers will be prosecuted. There's a, there's a gravel track um, that ends in a uh, locked gate. Uh, you're going to have to park this side of it. Um, Excuse me, can I shoot the lock off, please? <laughs> God. Are we we're not going to alert to our presence? We're driving in a car, Milton. I, yes, but, you know, and... and in the act of trespass. So, so why stop there? Just Let's just open the gate. Well, I, I don't expect you to. I don't expect you to understand where I'm coming from either. I'll sit in a, in a grump in the seat <laughs> of the car. <laughs> I mean, you could just park um, on this side of the gate and, and um, you know, maybe climb over and walk up. See, the, ac- the, the aristocracy mill. don't like it when they're locked out. You know what I'm saying? Come on, Harry. No, no. Exactly. Okay. Okay. You're going to be I'm, fine. You probably own this. Thanks. Thanks, Milton. Thanks, Milton. Yeah. Um, I, I, on the way, I'd like to, to look in the wallet, if I may, please. Oh, of course. <laughs> I wonder yeah. when you was well, going to get um, around to that. The button, you saw them um, pretty close up uh, previously. It, it looks like um, like a portcullis kind of gate type thing, but it's it's clearly meant to symbolise the the gridiron that they would grill the, their steaks on. Now, the wallet, you can make a luck roll. I uh, failed it. Yeah. Um, well, the wallet contains, um, just contains money. There's no, there's no um, like, identification or... What does it smell of? Does it, what does it smell oh. of anything strange? <laughs> you can see it in Hector. Let me, see, let me have a closer look at that. <laughs> Okay, give me a, get, get, give me a get smell your nose on that. Get your, <laughs> get your nose on that, Sonny. Peppercorn sauce, probably. Oh, I only missed it by one. Do you want to? Do you want to spend I one luck? Spend on that? one luck. Just because yeah. I want to know what it smells like. Okay. Well, obviously, it smells of leather and and a, and a, a rather rather overweight man's in a in a pocket, which is probably not a great smell. But uh, yeah, maybe there's a I don't know something a bit unplaceable. Mm. Something a bit sharp, something a bit, bit mm, off, bit. I don't know, is acrid, it, acrid. It could just be sweat, of course. Yeah. Is it the smell of cavorting? <laughs> <laughs> um, we can use our imagination to 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 fill in what that smell smells like, but but no, um, no, it, it it smells like I don't know, maybe a bit chemical mm-hmm. or something. Hard to tell, hard to tell. 
but not not something you'd expect it to smell Can like. Can I point this out to the others and say, you know, this smells a little bit of chemicals to me. Is there any of you know a little bit more about chemicals than I do? I, I tend not to run into a whole a lot of different chemicals in my line of work. But, I mean, you're an ed- educated bunch from what I can gather. What about you? Yeah. What about you, uh, Emery? Or... Oh, no, I, I perish the thought. I don't know the first thing about chemistry, I'm afraid. I, I, uh, hard sciences, no, ter- terribly hard, terribly hard. I mean, that's, it's all mathematics and stuff like that. I... Except for when it comes to <laughs> distilling and then you get a bit more interested. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> of course. Um, uh, Milton. Milton, do you want to make uh, do you want to make an education? Oh, an education role. Um, yes, yes. Oh, just um, you. You haven't been around. I mean, most of you haven't been around chemicals, but it's kind of like an ammonia-like sp- smell, possibly, possibly even saltpeter, something sharp and tangy like that. Hmm. Nitre, maybe. Hmm. Maybe he's been mucking about with gunpowder. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. If we're all done with that, I'd like to secrete <laughs> the button and the wallet somewhere in the car, lock it away, I don't know, somewhere hidden. Don't want it on okay. my person. Don't want okay. them to find it when they find the car, which we can't drive any further through the gate because it's locked. I, I, can, I, can, I, can I try and just spring the gate? You know, with with one arm, you know, just 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 leap over it in one one go. <laughs> of course you can. Of course you can. What do I have to roll for that? Oh, I don't know. Whatever a dexterity roll. <laughs> dexterity roll. Okay, uh, eighty-eight. I failed it. You failed it. So your foot catches in the top rung, and you go sprawling over the top, and you take one there point of damage. Okay, excellent. <laughs> You can you can see up ahead the, the mill. You can see the uh, eight liter Bentley Tura parked outside. There's no signs of movement or commotion coming from the mill. You can see the pond behind it. There any are there any windows? The side that you're looking at has got um, a couple of doors and about four windows going into probably the main ground floor room. The actual mill wheel is to the on the north side. Behind the mill is a is a fifteen foot high stone wall, uh, retaining an earth bank and and the mill pond pond beyond. Clearly, they constructed it to force the water down in a sort of dam like structure. There is a small muddy island with a few stunted trees to the side of the pond. The stream banks are covered with nettles and thorns. Is it running? Is, is the wheel going round? Uh, no, it's not. It's not working. Um, and in fact, when you look at it, it does look quite run down, as if it probably hasn't been used in a long time, actually. All oh, right, so there's not stacks of timber waiting to go out or anything like that? No, no. I think we should probably knock on the door and, and just introduce ourselves before there are any unfortunate misunderstandings. Um, oh, aren't we already trespassed? Well, uh, uh, but, but, but honestly, uh, how, how is one supposed to go up to the front door and knock on it if one does not uh, come onto their land. It's if, if they wanted people to be able to knock on their door without trespassing, they should have put the mill closer to the gate. They, they, this is this is uh, yeah, this is just poor planning on their part. Floor, floorless. Just, just out of interest, just an idea, gents. 
just in keeping with the trespassing, could we not try and persuade Barry to climb up and take some pictures <laughs> into the upstairs <laughs> windows? <laughs> yeah. I can't help but feel that this is the kind of plan of action that is going to result in one of us getting shot. I have got my gun. Yes, I, I, I imagine it might be you that does it. Yes, gu- guns are surprisingly unsuitable items when it comes to stopping oneself getting shot. They're very good at making sure that other people get shot, but they're, they're not very good at protecting oneself against gunfire. Uh, in yes. fact, if anything, they tend to compound the problem. Too right, too right, Dr. E, too right. Why don't we make a group luck roll at this point? You know. As you're standing there, for, talking quite loudly, I suppose, about what on earth your plan of action is. Well, um, and, and, and about the merits of shooting people. That, that seems to be mainly what we're talking about. If it comes to people overhearing it, we're mainly talking about who gets shot. So that could be misconstrued. But if we're talking about photography and shooting pictures, know, there could be quite a different outcome, you know. <laughs> Yeah, the interpretation. Yeah, it's all it's all on interpretation. Yes. Um, so um, the the main door to the mill, um, just you see it open a crack, and a, and a voice calls out, "Go away! You are trespassing. Get a shot. Get, Get out a of shot here. of that guy, Barry. Get, Get a shot of that guy peeking out. He looks suspicious." <laughs> uh, he hasn't opened the door wide enough to get a glimpse yeah. of it yet. But you um, can definitely hear a strong accent. Might be hard. Well, they, they don't sound local. Excuse me, sir. Oh, we're, we're here trying to investigate reports of strange happenings on the hillside. I mean, uh, people cavorting. Uh, have you seen any cavorting? Cavorting? Yes, cavorting. I don't know. I don't, what do you mean, cavorting? Uh, it's, it's like dancing, except with fewer clothes on. And I'll do a little dance to demonstrate. <laughs> <laughs> he says, are you crazy? What, what is this? Really, the situation is this. We've got a Bentley just down the way, which is having a bit of trouble. And we were just wondering if you knew anyone who could help us with Bentleys. Really? I, no. I shit you not. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Do you want to make a fast talk roll? Okay, okay, okay. I've got 5% in fast oh, talk. <laughs> uh, 71. What nonsense is this? Get out of here. Well, I, I guess... I just keep walking towards him, and I say, "It's a lovely, it's a lovely blue Bentley." It couldn't get through the gate. Okay. Now, hold on, Mister. We don't want any trouble. I just need my Bentley seeing to. Do you? <laughs> All right, wait there, wait there. Oh God! <laughs> so, are you are you kind of on your own in in the mill yard? Did, did- are the others held back, or what? You, what are the others um, doing? 
Well, it sounds like Emery sure. had gone forward a bit as well because he was okay. talking to I the man at the door. I'm, I'm right. looking at Badger dancing <laughs> and wondering where that's going to go. Uh, right. Just, just dreading the thought. I'm, I'm, I'm badly hiding my, my gun behind my back. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like it's, well, I've got it. I, I'm, not, I'm trying not to draw attention to it, aren't I? So. A few seconds later, the door opens... And a, and a man comes out. He has a, a long black beard. Um, he's wearing a heavy black woolen coat and a, um, and, a, and, a, and a rather odd black hat. Um, it's sort of... It's a fur hat, actually. Um, and I suppose... I suppose I'll, I'll let you all make an education role at this point. Extreme. Extreme. <laughs> He's clearly Jewish. Um, and not just Jewish. But, yeah. But, um, Hasidic? Uh, yeah. Hasidic, orthodox, um, orthodox <laughs> Jewish man. Um, they're, they're not uncommon in, in London. So, mm. so you would, have, of course, maybe have seen them maybe occasionally around, if you'd been to the East End or anywhere like that, around Stoke Newington. Mm. But... Um, but yes, he, he comes forward, um, uh, and uh, you can see that his uh, his his he, he's kind of like just rubbing his hands a bit. Well, as soon as he comes out, I'll beam at him and just say shalom, <laughs> shalom, <laughs> and that's about as far as my knowledge will go. But I, I I hope as far as introductions go, it'll help break good, the ice. <laughs> good start, Emery. Valiant <laughs> attempt. He says, you seem like a sensible chap, unlike your friend here. What nonsense is this about the car? I can see it's fine. What is wrong with it? Uh, it's mostly down to the driver, actually. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, but yes, as I said, I mean, our main purpose here is just uh, we understand that all sorts of funny things have been going on here and we're just really interested. Uh, sorry, I haven't introduced myself. I'm Dr. Emery Watson. I'm an anthropologist and I'm uh -huh. uh, I, uh, we are conducting a serious scientific investigation into the anthropology of the area and certain folk customs and, and practices that may or may not involve cavorting. Fair. I, I don't know much about the cavorting, but strange things have been going on around these parts. That is correct. Um, ah. Let me introduce myself. He comes over to reaches out a hand. Apologies about the, oh, yeah. the dust, he says. Shakes your hand. Oh, and shake a, oh, shake his hand. I, I, I've had worse things uh, on me in <laughs> recent months. <laughs> yeah. He says, well, my name is uh, Stone. Abraham Stone. I, I, I'm a rabbinical scholar. Oh, well, well, we'll have to talk shop later then. I think we will. I think we will. Um, but what exactly is the uh, strange things that, uh, that you have been m m made aware of or are investigating? Well, that's, 
That's the thing. We we don't really know very much about it. We we have heard of perhaps old or pagan practices being carried out in these parts, and but beyond that, we don't really know very much. Um, and you know, I mean, this is why we're going around asking so many apparently bloody stupid questions. <laughs> because at the moment, this is, um, shall we say, a, a, an an initial fact finding mission. Um, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. There the are strange mysteries that one must uh, dig deep into to truly understand. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, you seem, in, apart from this strange one here, you, you seem okay. <laughs> why, don't, uh, yeah. why don't you come in and uh, maybe we talk more? Yes, yes, I'd be delighted to. <laughs> okay. Uh, he says, come come this way. The rest of you are going to join him? or Yeah, gonna... I'm, I'm... yeah I'll am go. And he might know something about these ruins, these Roman remains as well, if he knows the area. Do I seem, uh, you know, welcome to go in or should I stay outside? <laughs> you, you, Yes, gr- grudgingly, perhaps, <laughs> after your um, really appalling attempt at subterfuge. He's, he he beckons you all to come in. He takes you into the stone-floored room. Um, must have originally been the saw room of the mill. And you can see the wall is pierced by the wheel shaft with a large cogwheel on the end. Um, all the other machinery in here that would have been in it has been removed a long time ago. There's a pile of firewood in one corner with some mice kind of scampering about in it. There's some sacks of potatoes and flour, barrels of paraffin and beer. And he leads you into the next room, which is a kitchen. And he says, come in, come in. You, 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 uh, you hungry? Thirsty? Um, I, I wouldn't say no to a beverage of some description. <laughs> but come in. You're, I'll get one of the boys to get the, get a barrel out. As we... As we're um, going through, Andy, can we hear the sounds of anybody shuffling about upstairs or anything? Um. Yeah, yeah. You can you can hear maybe some footsteps upstairs in this creaky old mill building. As you go into the uh, the kitchen, Abraham Stone uh, indicates that you sit down, and you hear footsteps coming down, and uh, a much younger man comes in. And he's got a Lee Enfield rifle slung over his back. And he pokes his head in the door and he says, Abraham, is everything okay? Who are these people? Well, I'll take the opportunity to get up and go over and introduce myself again. He's, he's looking at you a bit warily. He says, well, I suppose if, if Abraham says you're, you're okay, he puts his hand out. Says, uh... Oh, give him a, as hearty a handshake as, as I can manage these yes. days. Says, uh, Rabinowitch. Oh, pleasure to meet you. He kind of stands, maybe leaning against him with his arms folded in front of his chest. Um, doesn't quite seem as friendly as, as Abraham. Just out of interest, fellas, before we uh, tuck in, did, uh, didn't I see you fellas driving through Guildford earlier on? Yeah, yeah, you did. But, did you, did you, you find what you was looking you, for? Well, uh... Not exactly. No. It was just a hunch. I 
I, I wonder if we could possibly help you, but you seem to have the same fields of interest. It was uh, Rabbi Cohen. He's he's upstairs working hard on the on the books. He seemed to think that there may have been, I don't know, people maybe in Guildford who might have been uh... cavorting. <laughs> um, Dr. Watson, um, uh, I'm not sure this is exactly what, uh, what, what you will find here. I think this idea of uh, cavorting, what is it, naked uh, ladies, I think that is perhaps out of control imaginations of uh, the Jesus of the, the pulp novels. Of course, of course, and Emery will try his damnedest to concede his disappointment. <laughs> Strange goings-on, that is another matter. Rabbi Cohen, he is convinced that there is activities in this area, maybe not so pleasant activities. What, what kinds of activities? What, what do you know about uh, cults? Well, I, I I have actually written several monographs on the subject. I mean, if you would like to perhaps... Um, yeah, if you have a few hours to spare, I could tell you some of my researches into the cargo cults of the uh, the Solomon Islands. And um, yes, I mean, it's really quite fascinating once you get into it. And, uh, and so, I mean, sooner or later, Emery, you'll notice that his eyes have glazed over. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> OK, um do the rest of you um, have any, uh, any any reaction to this? What he's saying, Stone is saying. Oh, it's all very interesting. Um, obviously, they've got the books that we were looking in the shop. Um, can can you tell us more about what you believe to be going on here? Some of this is very uh, speculative. You understand? There's no direct proof of any of this but that is why we are here i i assume that is your purpose too um well i guess given our current employer i i'm not sure direct proof is high on the list for priority Yes, yes, but my dear chap, we are academics. We have a higher bar of proof. Oh, indeed, indeed. I mean, we wouldn't come here and just and just make up stories, would we? Well, we may not have to, but sounds. Well, look, I let me get Rabbi Cohen. He he perhaps will will determine what is appropriate to tell you. I he is the leader of our research mission. Um. Please, please make yourself comfortable. I, I've, I will go and get Rabbi Cohen. As he's going out, Andy, I'll mention to the others. Don't you think we should mention this beefsteak club to him? Do you think that's pertinent? Uh, I mean, what he was saying about a cult. I mean, you know, the the beefsteak club—they sound rather extraordinary, but I, I don't know that they'd fit any conventional definition of a cult. Well, they were super clicky, and he's got a funny-smelling well, wallet. And I didn't. I mean, if, and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't appreciate the way he was looking at me either. If only we had a button or something on us, could show him. If you want me to go back to the car to go and get it, I don't mind. It's fine. I'm not sure they'll let you back in. While you're um, um, pondering, Rabinowitz is—he uh, comes and he pulls up a chair and he sits down and he says, um, "You better know what you're getting yourself into here." Well, I think we have. 
plainly established that we don't. Well, it's it's all very intriguing, whatever it is. There's, uh, there are dark things beyond our vision. There is evil in the world. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Never done. It's that beast. I didn't like. I didn't like them from the moment I set eyes on them. And that Doris, Deirdre, whatever in the pub, she's evil through and through. I'm telling you. <laughs> but we are men of the world. We have encountered the strangest kinds of evils, even on the shores of this very island. Uh, yes, we we are aware of what horrors lurk in the shadows, or or sometimes beneath our feet, and and the strange strange practices they get up to, such as smuggling. <laughs> well, maybe, but nothing nothing so mundane. Their purpose is not material gain uh, so yeah. what 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 do you personally believe is happening i believe there are and have been throughout history certain people certain groups who are working against the best interests of humanity that's what we thought when we fought in the great war and in the troubles afterwards and in palestine but believe me these guns some things do not do not suffer from being struck by bullets. Why are you carrying it round then, Sonny? Call it uh, lucky lucky charm, eh? Absolutely right. Yeah. Anyway, go on. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, actually, Abraham Stone and another man come into the room, uh, and the the, old, the older man is clearly Rabbi Cohen. I'll stand up and offer him the the respect he's probably due, as I know he's a rabbi and stuff, so I'll sort of stand up and nod at him. Yes, ditto. Yeah. Uh, and um, he, uh, he's he got a white beard. He's clearly... Um, he has a sort of crinkly corners of his eyes and he, he, he smiles broadly at you and he says... So you are the scholars that Stone has uh, told me about. I am, I am intrigued that four British Gentiles would take an interest in our research. Well, it sounds like we might be interested in very much the same kinds of things. It, you know, from what your friend here was saying earlier, you're investigating all sorts of strange goings on in the area, and that's precisely what we're here to do. Um, yeah, old practices, pagan practices, maybe? Oh, in indeed. Indeed, sir. But uh, going back much before yeah, any pagan cultures were in existence in this in these isles, I assure you. Mm, so what, what kinds of cultures are you talking about here? Uh, what, Pictish? No, sir. No, sir. I will explain what I know, and maybe you can help us in our in our endeavors. It uh, it seems there are many things to contemplate and ponder. But let me uh, introduce myself. I am Rabbi Cohen. My family were from Russia. I have written many books on uh, Judaism. Jewish and Aramaic history and archaeology. I take it you are also 
in, in this field? Uh, yes, well, I, I'm, I'm an anthropologist by profession, and uh, my colleagues here are also from academia, various disciplines, including archaeology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you uh, aware of uh, our more mm, hidden knowledge of, our, of my people? Uh, what are you referring to, the Kabbalah? Indeed, you, you are well read. Uh, well, superficially. So we've studied our ancient texts, uh, the Bible, the Talmud, interpreting them from a numerological perspective. Uh, I'm sure this is knowledge that is, is well known outside of our, our religion. Whilst I was cataloging uh, the results of an archaeological expedition, I found an obscure Aramaic tablet, and using my numerological methods, my Kabbalistic insight, I found a grim warning that uh, shook me to my core. It uh, spoke about entities of immense power beyond human knowledge who were bent on the destruction of mankind. It sounds incredible, I know, but I decided this was very important to follow on and over the years, I have come up against, let us say, groups who seem for some inexplicable reason to be wishing to further the, the objectives of these entities throughout Europe and the Middle East. Is this something you have encountered yourselves? We've seen fish. <laughs> you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> he says, home. Fish. This is very interesting. The, the Philistine god Dagon is uh, is supposed to be the uh, um, a deity of the the fish people. <laughs> but you say you have seen them. Yes. Uh, well, uh, yes. Well, not that many. Just a handful. But that's probably more than enough. And not that far away either. Yes, these these intrusions into our natural world are, are everywhere. That is what you the horrifying thing you discover when you start digging into these things. But I am a strong belief that we cannot make these these ideas public. The more people that know about these things, the more fools will be lured into joining these cults. But that would explain the focus on cavorting that we find in a lot of the public press, would it? Yes, and uh, this sort of thing cannot get into the press. This is my firm belief. Yes, of course not. I mean, it would be grossly irresponsible to write articles about such things and popularise them. Yes, I mean, that, that would be shocking. I, I trust you are of the same mind. I, I, of course. I, I, uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, listen, recently I uncovered a 16th century translation of an Aramaic book of history. There were many marginal notes, and one page of the book was apparently copied from another work and described a ritual in horrific detail. I am sure it has some significance, but I cannot um, I cannot find the source exactly. I have it upstairs. Well, would you mind terribly if we looked at it? 
Maybe together we look. I, I sense you are good people, but yes, you can understand my <laughs> nervousness about you. Of course, of course. Just out of interest, are you are you hiding out in Wood Common, or have you come to the place where you think all of this stuff is happening? So he looks at you when you say this, and he says, "Hmm." Abraham said that you were an idiot. But you are not. <laughs> it's, it's it's just for show. It's just for show. One of the first notes I found was making a specific reference to Wood Common. I did not understand what it was um, talking about. But we came, and now we are looking. And um, and it also said beneath the mount. Abraham told us that you weren't an idiot. <laughs> but um, I'm just wondering if the cultists that you're interested in have noticed that you're inward common at all, because we're just looking for cavorting, really. <laughs> this is this is trivial, trivial cavorting, dancing naked on the top uh, hills and this sort of thing. Uh, there are many people that indulge in these practices. It does not mean they are in league with otherworldly entities. No, no, sir. Oh, no, no, it's, no it's, it's, it's intellectual cover. We're all interested in intellectual cover here. Um, I, what I'm interested in is how safe you feel relative to all the cultists that are active in Wood Common. Well, Rabinovich here is a good shot. Ah, so yes. I don't oh, feel okay. too under threat. We have been in many dangerous situations. But what you don't seem to understand is that these folk practices, they they are... They are uh, innocent compared to what these people get up to. This ritual involves the consumption of living humans by <sighs> horrific entities. What are you talking about? Cannibalism? If you can call it that. If it is indeed humans that are eating these victims, I think it is more likely to be some kind of creatures. Hmm. I, I'd always had my suspicions about Surrey, but I had drawn to the line of cannibalism. <laughs> Why don't you come upstairs to my rooms and I will show you these, these uh, papers. Uh, yes, of course. Yes, Mil Milton certainly. I think I should stay with Rabanovich and just compare the guns and just, <laughs> you know, keep make sure that we don't get into any trouble. I, I will. I will stay down here and and also make sure that there's no trouble. <laughs> Do you think Barry should be taking pictures of the occult tones? <laughs> Not sure whether it'd be let upstairs. From what from what um, Cohen said, he does not want any publicity about. It. He he feels very strongly about that. So Emery and and Milton, uh, he takes you into back of the kitchen um, into another uh, chamber beyond uh, and he he shows you the book that he's been working on um, and he says now I obviously you I cannot assume you can read ancient Aramaic <laughs> it is very special specialized uh, language but but here are the notes that I found most most interesting there's various passages here written in English 
Um, now, it'll take you a while to read them. Okay. Does one of you want to want to read them? Oh, absolutely, yes. Or do you want to read them together? Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if it, particularly if it's loose leaf, we can just pass pages between us. Because it's kind of 17th century, it's going to be a bit harder than normal. So um, you need to make a hard language roll. Well, um, unfortunately, maybe you're you're finding it hard. But Milton, yeah, you you're maybe you've got more experience of of reading ancient texts. I mean, given that Emery is an anthropologist, so oh, or, or maybe or maybe Emery has just forgotten to bring his reading glasses. <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah. that's what it is. Yes, um, still got double vision from earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you probably spend about um, an hour reading over it, really trying to. To um, to decode the notes, um, and you do gain a point of um, Cthulhu mythos from reading them, uh, Milton. But you also need to roll a d3 for your sanity. <laughs> I mean, d- describe what the feeling is of starting to read something that starts to reveal a kind of hidden reality beneath the reality that you were so convinced and and comfortable with. My skin begins to crawl. I um, suddenly feel extremely cold. I feel the blood draining from me. I have to take a seat because I'm feeling uh, slightly faint. Looking at the manuscript and comparing the descriptions, there was also some old maps that of the area that Cohen had bought. This is uh, from the map shop in Guildford. Um, some of them are, are very old. Some of them are a bit newer. You... Um, you do, of course, un- uncover the uh, um, information pointing to the village of Woodcommon. You you find a reference to beneath the mount. Make a spot hidden roll. Yeah, it's a bit hard to. Do you want to? Do you want to? You, you could push the roll, of course, if you want. Um, oh, push it, push it, push it, push it. Oh yes, yes, I'll pu- push it real good, Spence. I'll push it real good. How uh, house? <laughs> You're not quite sure if it's if that's really what it says. How do you? How are you gonna really d- determine whether it's it is what it says? Maybe hold it in front of a candle. Or... <laughs> yeah, well, yes, yes, just yeah, yeah. Hold it up to light. Yeah, yeah. Really, kind of look hard. <laughs> okay, make another spot hidden roll. Oh. Oh, wow, look what at a that. roll. Yes. Oh, I've seen it. Suddenly the the dyslexia. <laughs> well, I'll say that the candlelight behind, behind the note, um, as it shines through, you realise that some of the ink must have faded. And it doesn't say mount. It says mound. And from the maps that you were looking, you realise that the little island in the middle of the pond is called Smee's Mound. Then the other two notes are the amulet of of Y, just the letter Y. Um, the rest of the the rest of the word is obscured, and then the final note describes in exquisite detail, which is probably the bit that really sends you a little bit over the edge. Describes in exquisite detail this orgiastic ritual of killing and consumption and the devouring of the victims by beasts that are described as being many-mouthed but without eyes and it describes them in horrific detail 
describes them just tearing away the living flesh from these screaming victims. Kind of back away against the wall. <laughs> Cohen looks at you and says, you, you start to believe now, I think. This is difficult, sir. You have read and yet still wish to know more. Mr. Blythe, we are the last defense against the darkness. Would you not also be willing to sacrifice your life to prevent the destruction of humanity? How we prevent destruction itself? That we leave to God to tell us in the moment. We are still looking for this mount. Maybe it is the hill with the tower. We are not sure. It is the mound just here, out the back of the mill. You are sure? Sir. Maybe something uh, brought us here then to this mill. I, I think that is all we can get from this, I think. Well, thank you. Thank you for going. I'm not entirely sure what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you look a bit shaken. Um... He says, well, let us rejoin your your companions. Maybe maybe they can um, help us with further exploration. I think we must go to that small island and see what is there, no? I think while the two of you are having this conversation, Emery at this stage has just, after all the booze he's had this afternoon, fallen asleep <laughs> while reading this and is now face down at the notes, snoring away, <laughs> uh, drooling across this priceless book. <laughs> Let him sleep. He looks like he needs a bit of a rest. Come on. Your friends must be getting bored with all, with all this. He heads back into the main room. He sees uh, Badger and uh, Hector. What, have you been... Um, have you been comparing firearms for the last hour? We've been regaling him with our tales of the fish folk, uh, with our with our weapons and the head disappearing, uh, uh, the badger disappear. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and, and I'll pass round the woodbines, and we're probably all sort of like standing by the door, <laughs> smoking. Yeah. yeah, the fish was this, <laughs> and and he says. So you can kill these things? Well, only the small ones. We did see a massive one in the rearview mirror that... Pretty scary looking. Never seen anything like it. You what? <laughs> Never mentioned that before. Uh, you you weren't we. looking in the mirror, obviously. I don't know. It's probably you're so... Oh, I don't put yourself down. You're so busy driving carefully up the road. <laughs> you know me. Cohen comes back into the room, I guess, with, with, with Milton in tow. He looks at you, Milton, and he says, sit down, my boy. I, I, I think you need a strong, something stronger than the beer. Yeah, where's that, where's that brand? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pull out my hip flask and I'll say, you all right, Milton? You look like you shit yourself. I could, I could do with a stiff drink. Cohen sits down and he fixes you all with a very serious look. Your friend here, Mr. Blythe, he understands the stakes. Are you ready, gentlemen? You mean, you mean the sublime society or some other stakes? What do you mean? 
<laughs> yes, not those kind of states. <laughs> oh, well, we, we, we ran into these geezers back in the pub. Uh, and they were talking about the secret society of beefsteaks. And beef they seemed, they seemed to... And you just said, you just said uh, something about the steaks and I... You know the steaks, he said. Gorging. They, they certainly into gorging themselves. I wonder if there's a connection. Well, they're a surly bunch. We've got, we've got one of their buttons in the car, uh, in the Bentley, I was telling you about before, if you want to have a look at it. Did I mention that I don't like the look of them? <laughs> please, please do, sir. I, I'm sure it is nothing. I mean, I didn't mean steak like to eat. I meant gamble. Uh, the odds, the odds are not good, sir. Are you gambling, man? Perhaps he could. Would you like to sniff our wallet? <laughs> uh, is this some strange British British tradition? It is now. <laughs> is this the way men bond in this country? You sniff your wallets? <laughs> Only wallets that aren't our wallets. <laughs> but please, show me this thing that you speculate may, may have something to do with this matter. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll nip off down to the Bentley and get the goods. You come back, put the wallet and the button on the table. And he's looking at them, Cohen's looking at them, and he picks up the wallet, gives it a sniff. He says, smells a bit unpleasant, but nothing, nothing I, nothing I would uh, say is, you know, evidence of, uh, well, you know. What about those strange chemicals? Can't you smell that strange chemical smell? He, he gives it another sniff. <laughs> he says, well, I don't know, ammonia? Like that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just a chemical, no. But this button. And he picks up the button. He says, This symbol. Do you know what this is? I think it's a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> yes, maybe, but this is also an Aramaic symbol for the letter Y. You know when we saw these fellas in the Bentley, mm. uh, there was four four in the car, yeah, yeah. And there's four of these fat guys. Uh, yeah, it's but they, um, but they don't bear any no, resemblance. No, no, they, no, they don't. They don't. There okay. are four of us too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> are, are you suggesting that we are them? Should I, I shoot one of us? <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, there's five of us. Oh, oh yeah. that's true, Barry. Actually, I completely forgot that Barry was in the boot. <laughs> yeah.